This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words when no faith is empty i stayed the course so my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time Welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, happy Father's Day. Not just happy Father's Day, but happy Father's Day to all of the fathers that are really dedicated to doing the title great. And all the good fathers out there. You know, being a father or mother, especially, is not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, much to people's misconceptions it is a lot both financially both just taking on the task it's not easy and there are some fathers out there that are really doing their thing that are helping to raise their kids in this crazy world of ours and hopefully building them to make a better world for us so to that i say thank you to all of the really good fathers out there shout out to you all but unfortunately this is not a father's day episode this is a jessica jones episode and in fact we're going to review the final season of not only just Jessica Jones, but the entire Netflix saga from Marvel. And we're going to talk about that. It was a very interesting season, so we're going to talk about that in our talk topic of the week. And we got some other news to talk about as well. Not too much, but very juicy enough. And some praises I want to give. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of of ACMG. All right, so um, just for the record, this is Wizard World Philly weekend, and I have not attended, and mostly because I've seen... I've been to quite a few Wizard Worlds and it's like never anything really intriguing. The last Wizard World that I went to wasn't that special. So I decided to opt out of that and I probably would have been there this weekend if not for the fact, but I just, Wizard World for Philadelphia has not been the same. Uh, First time I ever went was 
and what 2013 i believe and then you know that was when i got to meet stan lee and you know see his q a everything really great q a and the second one was when chris evans and uh i forgot his name i always say uh sebastian St- sebastian stan and anthony mackie that was a really good one i love that and their uh panel was really fun and great and you can uh, you can go all see that in uh youtube if you could look up youtube uh wizard world philly it was really awesome that they were there and to talk about you know everything that they were doing with that so that was great and then the years leading down it's just it was just the quality was just not there so i wasn't anticipated in really going to this one in particular so i'm trying to see i'm trying to get feedback from people see if they uh went uh to our members in the acmg uh facebook group in philly and see if they actually you know went and how did they like it or whatever hopefully more of the more seasoned you know goers i can get some feedback through some i'm actually waiting for the sophomore event of keystone comic-con which um that will be coming in august and they're still working out you know guests and see if they were going to be to see if they the sophomore year is going to be able to follow up with the really good first year a really really good first year that they had so we'll see about that but uh we'll find out more news as it develops from there but bigger news here much bigger news really exciting news it's the news that many fans have been waiting for many fans of this particular series this particular comic strip and we've been waiting for this and now we got the com- we got the f- absolute official confirmation last time it was from uh john with the spoon now we got it from you know sony themselves it has been announced the fifth season of the boondocks is officially coming back not only that the bigger news and the one that we waiting for for the most the return of creator Aaron mcgrutter as possibly director and writer of the series and this has led to a lot of praise and happiness from fans all over because they felt that the fourth season did not live up it was the season that he was actually out he didn't write for that season he wrote for the third season but that you know interestingly so the third season was kind of the season two that people were starting to crap on but that's nor here nor there the fifth season didn't have him at all and it winded up being the most diluted series of the entire thing and it kind of put a damper on it so what they're going to do now is they're going to do a completely revision and reboot it sounds like a reboot it really sounds like a reboot but here's what it says from sony pictures sony pictures animation announced that the agency international uh animated film festival that a complete reimagining of the show for modern for the modern era was um was on the way and it to add it bonus the show's creator Anne mcgrutter is on board for the reboot now it's funny that they're saying a modern era because it wasn't that long ago that the show was out you know it's it's really that crazy it's like even if you watch the old you know episodes it's not that far away and it's not that it's not that irrelevant that it can't be continued but at the same time i get what's going on right now there's a whole new source of hot mess going on right now in the world that aaron mcgruder has probably been chomping at the bits to talk about and i'm looking forward to seeing it because you know the main target you know who the main target is going to be and i'm sure there's going to be other targets that he's going to focus on i i would i it would be remiss if he didn't talk about roseanne in some parts of this series you know there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to cover if you haven't seen the boondocks it's a really great series um it's not a kid series at all it's by far it's 
an African-American. Uh, it's a series based on African-American cast crew. And it covers a lot of social issues within the African-American community, the culture, uh, which focus in the United States and everything that goes on around it. And it doesn't hold back, at least when Aaron McGregor was writing it and he does the comic strips, he does not hold back on situations that's going on in the around the world. And it's it's deep. It's always entertaining, but it also really deep. One of my favorite episodes uh, lies when he talks about what if Martin Luther King was still alive and it takes you to this whole entire what if type of situation it's really deep it is insanely deep there's a I mean like it doesn't hold back on issues it's a really thought provocative heavy comedy animated comedy but also it celebrates animation in such a great way because it puts African Americans in a great light animated wise because it's some of the most beautiful animated character uh, designed that we ever seen in almost any animation like he's a Aaron McGregor's a huge fan of anime uh anime so he made his series you know in, in a tribute to anime it wasn't anime in particular but it was anime-esque and just he like they paid no expense for the look of this uh show it was really great and it's even at fourth even the fourth season as crappy the writing was the animation was still there it was really good but they just showed uh, on Aaron McGregor's actual uh, Instagram page. They showed a picture of the first look of the new design for Huey Freeman on Instagram. At and his um, his Instagram is called boot, uh, Boondocks Bootleg at Boondocks Bootleg. So you can check it out there. And it looks really good. It looks really good. You could tell some of the different features going on. I remember um, one of our members of the a- of ACMG was actually saying like looks the same like no there are differences the eyes are different the hairstyle is different there's thicker you know there's a thicker outline to it this time almost like a cell shade from a video game type of way um colors are different the the skin tone color is different i mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of it's 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 different but still keeping the fundamentals of the look of the design so it's not completely different but it's just it's i would call it an upgrade if you will so i yeah i am very much looking forward to seeing how they're going to do this and you know what's going to look like and hopefully it could be back on track and it looks like all of the cast is also coming back to like i said um john witherspoon is going to be grand uh, granddad uh freeman as well and uh of course we said this before and it looks like she will be coming back but we got Regina uh, Regina King coming back, playing the role of both Hubie and Riley. And I'm sorry, they can cha- between her and John Witherspoon, you cannot change those two. It will. She did such a great job doing both voices to the point that you didn't realize that she was doing both voices because their characteristics and their personas were so different and their voices were so different. It's awesome. This is the reason why she won a, um, an Oscar. This is why she she's so talented, man. She's outstanding. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm every, very much anticipating um, the series coming back. So we don't know anything else other than it's coming back. We don't know a due date. Uh, what it, I, I'm predicting sometime in 2020, it's going to take a while to do all these episodes, put all this in to get that animation done right and hopefully i i hope the quality of animation is still there because the character design is still there but the quality animation 
there's a lot to it why it made it so well and it, i feel like it was like the animated version of black panther where it was it put us it put people of color visually <laughs> it put people of color visually in a good light that was never seen in anywhere else and uh sometimes i mean aaron tells some truths in the, in the writing of his show so you, you gotta it is what it is sometimes but it is a great series it tells the truth it makes everybody talk and i'm looking forward to having these talks again in, in this type of form i really really am looking forward to this so i can't wait so uh let's talk some other news talk about people of color i've talked about on this show so many times how much i both praise and have issues with ign you know ign is the entertainment one of the biggest entertainment media hubs out there uh they have grown exponentially and quality and and just everything they used to be all games but now they just moved out to you know pretty much the all the fandom formats right there and the one thing that always taken me back and really bothered me it's the back of it just really bothered me i don't want to say i can't say what the cause is i don't know if it's on ill intent or whatever whatnot but just every time i saw these really great charismatic hosts on the show it's always the same thing and it's predominantly white in the in there and i don't want to get into the race thing but too much but i i don't i don't think that any of those guys are racist by any stretch but it's just it always a situation where i always felt that there was not nearly enough representation it was always female representation there they always got these gorgeous looking women in there to really attract the target audience that they're attracting which is always great and it's not just that they're getting attractive women they're getting women who actually know the format that they're doing so it's not like they're just thirst trapping no these women are highly educated and are true fans of these genres of these fandoms so I thought that was always great. You know, it, there is a lot more people than Morgan Webb out there. There's a new generation of Morgan Webb, you know, uh, host out there. And I say Morgan Webb because Morgan Webb was the first, like, really true model out there. Gorgeous woman. Still is. But she was the first true, like, true-to-life gamer gamer girl that she just, you know, just happened to be on Maxim and all that stuff, you know, but she was true to life gamer. And I used to love her in X-Play. She was phenomenal. She had this, she almost had this like Jenny McCarthy, like persona, but just for video games, you know, very entertaining, very charismatic, always comedy, you know, great comedy. Charisma was all that. And she was, wasn't, you know, hard to look at. <laughs> so, but they had all this format. They got all that down. They're virtually you know as close to you know g4 as you could possibly be without being on a network but again the lack of color representation you know people of color in general male or female was was just lacking every single year and i've watched ign every year whether it was from e3 or just in general and it just always bothered me whether you know i would love to be a part of that cast but also i i'd rather just them hire somebody that it just felt like it just gave this painted canvas and and this inference that only caucasian people asian people um people from the netherlands i guess sometimes were only educated to understanding 
the fan the fandom of video games and all that such and it just wasn't the case and i know there's myself there's a lot of other people out there that i know that we know just as much of them if not more some people are in the field you know they're i i just i don't see it all the time sony always brings it nintendo especially recently nintendo really brings it the diversity there um you know so i remember sony's conference last year they had some really great diversity in there um just i feel like everybody but ign up until now because now for the first time in years at an e3 conference we got to see women of color not just one but two actually and that's it's a small margin but it's a start so i do want to bring praise and shout out to akeem lawen uh lawenson and um janet garcia i i was really i felt like a weight was taken away from me when i saw them on there along with the regular cast and and by the way the regular cast are great i love those guys they're really they're really great and fun to talk and you know to, to listen to and you know to hear about what's going on it's just i want to get a perspective from other people of culture you know not just you not just one or two aspects and you know seeing janet garcia there and and you know being able to hear her articulate very intelligently of all of the things that i love it just it, it really it warmed it warmed my heart just seeing that so i was i hope to see more of her there i came lawinson this guy is awesome he i saw him just recently he was covering e3 and he did a segment on the games that were no shows and also the dragon ball z the dragon ball segment was the dragon ball kakarot segment was the first time i saw him this guy is insanely charismatic he is very entertaining he felt like he was very comfortable on the mic and talking to people and it was just it was fantastic to see not only that not only that i looked down on the forum in there and normally ign's forum has, is is really kind of brutal sometimes because it's just like the best of the bitter are on there and everybody got something bitter to say about everything they were people were talking about their kind of disdain for the you know dragon ball kakarot game which i actually liked i actually think there's some potential to that and i like where they're going with that they haven't really screwed up on a dragon ball game in my opinion but they gave more less more negativity to that but they gave a lot of praise to akeem and that was really good i really appreciated that and i love seeing i want to see more, more of both and even more of people you know more hosts as we go along just balance it out you know i because i want that tmz feel i want to see that tmz feel and that's what i kind of wanted for acmg too i want diversity i want equality it doesn't matter who you are you're a fan of it if you're intelligent about it if you make the right points if you give the right perspective i'm all for it i am so all for that and you know i just hope that this is the beginning of change for it all because we need to see it off and i want to see it from IGN because i do love their their brand i love the brand of what they've done for years um and it's just like i said it's just grown in quality very much so shout out to those two you can follow akeem lawson on geek at geek heavy on twitter you can find uh janet garcia at game anonymous um, game ornaments or let me let me rephrase that because it's greek it's game onesis and she got the idea it's you know it's a play on the greek greco-roman type of thing so she's the god of gaming or the goddess of gaming, if you will. So, Game Onesis is the name of, the, of her um, Twitter page. So you could, and I, I, just for the record, let me spell it out. G, it's spelled G A M 
O N Y S U S. So it's Gay Monisus. So go out and check her out there, and uh, it'd be really cool if I could actually um, get in touch with her on the show. I, I gave her praise on uh, Twitter, and you know she was greatly appreciative, and all the you know some of the other cast members, you know the editors and such. And it was really cool that she reached out for that. So deservingly so. I hope to see you know more of her on camera as well. So let's switch on to something that I was thinking about. Continuing off on our Square Enix Marvel Avengers take on things in my office here in my office i have right inside of me is a display of figures and and such that are collectibles exclusives if you will from san diego comic-con which is coming up very soon by the way one of which that i'm glad that i was able to get the second time i attended san diego comic-con but i missed out on the first time and i was like i don't know when the next time i'll be at san diego comic-con so i'm gonna I'm getting this. And that was the Spider-Man figure by, uh, who is the artist? By Hitoshi Kondo. It, Hitoshi Kondo and Square Enix Toys. And if you, for those who don't know, Square Enix does have a toy line. A very exclusively great toy line that is usually a popular item in E3. It was there when I was there in 2014. It was still there in 2017. So that tells you enough that people are going at it. It shows some of the latest exclusive figures that e that uh square enix puts out for some of the most exquisite video games that they have ever with all the final a lot of the final fantasy series their figures for that of course cloud if you remember there's going to be an exclusive figure for uh, square enix coming out for the final fantasy remake which really almost enticed me to want to go physical copy on this one instead of instead of uh digital but who are we kidding i'm going digital but the figure looks really great and it it's this is like the this will be the japanese equivalent of mcfarland toys it's a lot of attention to detail great design and stuff like that uh hitoshi uh kondo does some really great figures and he has a series of marvel figures that he's put together and i'm looking at this figure and i'm wondering why in the holy hell did square enix not think of doing a game based on the designs of hitoshi kondo i look if you've seen any of these these um collectible figures of um of the square enix series and these marvel uh, series figures they are awesome it's a final fantasy take on marvel's you know uh, franchise so I'm looking at this and i looked at the box i still had the box with me you know and with the pieces and everything and i'm looking at this as like Oh my God, did they miss out on a great opportunity? I think if they would have focused the visuals on the, on the, uh, on Hitoshi Kondo's design and not on the movie rather than the anime style of, uh, Hitoshi Kondo, I think they, I think it would have got a lot more praise. You know, the reason why I think people are liking what they did on Marvel Ultimate Alliance, uh, three that's coming out counting down in a less than a month in about a month from now is because it one it has this very cell shaded cartoony but comic book feel to it doesn't look like it does not look like the actual movie as it wasn't trying to look like the movie it was trying to look like its own thing it was more paying respect to the comic series and that's awesome that's the way we loved it and when we saw it we gave it high praise people went crazy they went nuts for it at the reveal at the game awards last year <clears throat> So here we have these, this new Marvel Avengers movie, which 
in all in all essence it could probably be really good gameplay wise especially it's probably looking to be really good people are kind of praising the gameplay that they saw didn't play but they saw so we don't know if the controls are fluid yet so take that into consideration but we also they also um you know it just happens to look like they were focusing it on the movie aspect even though it's not based on the movie you can't help but the focus on the movie so you can't also help how fans are reacting to saying like okay this obviously looks like the movie based on the look based on the fact that of the characters that they chose for the movie it's pretty obvious now here's the funny thing in an interview if you guys see during e3 week in an interview with ign one of the developers claimed that the choice of characters in the style that they chose was highly coincidental and not based on a movie i'm sorry i gotta go i gotta go back to you know into the dragon bullshit mr Haman. there is no way in hades there's no i think people are not falling for this at all there's no way in hades that they are going to tell me and tell our viewers and tell the viewers that this looking at this trailer in the footage that people saw that this game was not at all loosely based on that movie no way yeah they don't look like the characters they obviously don't look like the characters but you can't tell me that the whole feel and the premise and the feel of this game is not trying to be based on the movie that's incredible if it was truly not y'all would have went for a whole different look but that look looks incredibly like i i hate when corporate sometimes tries to hide things i i would respect a company much better if they were so straight up and there are companies out there that are straight up of what they're doing what they are what they did not do the mistakes that they made consumer base are more fans of people who absolutely are straight up with their fan base and will root for you more to make it better and will be more you know sympathetic towards your journey if you look at japan companies if they mess up on something they are really they 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 apologize profusely and hopes and and very very much you know i can't find the word for it but very much do their best passionately to make sure that they don't fail you again and when you see them you know in such a way it's endearing and it makes you want to root for them again like that's okay it's fine just do your best keep it the best and give us the best game that you could give that's the when i come back to it you know that's my always take from when i watch japanese developers and and they announce stuff like that i I always think it's very considerate you know when people you know get on a camera and try to do and say stuff like that and another thing that always that made me i I cracked up on when they said they said that they spent no expense on the talent for this game and that is true from from an aspect of if you're looking for the top voice talent there is nobody bigger from the voice from from voice acting than nolan north and troy baker that is absolutely a fact they pay no expense for that but to say that you paid no expense you say that to people who were looking at this game and looking at this game that looks like the marvel that's based on the marvel cinematic universe and you pay no expense Paying no expense mean that you would pay out the money to get, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, 
You know, it's it just like that's paying no expense. You paid the top dollar for the top voice actors. That's what you did. And that's fine. That is absolutely fine. So I just thought, like, you got to choose your words carefully, especially around a group of people who are trying to figure out why you're doing what you're doing from there. But again, I think they should have went all out. This is Square Enix, for God's sakes. I know it's, you know, it's Crystal Dynamics and Eidos, which I still don't understand, like, why they decided to want to work with them to make this which is i mean and nothing there's no disrespect to uh crystal dynamics or edos because they do phenomenal uh game development uh what is it tomb raider is like an extremely great game i haven't played the sequel but the first one is so good and i heard the second one is really good as well but working with them to develop a game done by square enix who does phenomenal work i just finished playing Final Fantasy 15 Pocket and finally beat that game. That game is so awesome. It's every bit as awesome as Final Fantasy 15, the the actual real game, the original game that's on the PlayStation and uh, Xbox. That that game is awesome. I don't understand why we couldn't have got a Square Enix style game based on the Marvel Universe, done by Hitoshi Kondo. Are you kidding me? Like you missed out on a great opportunity for that. But as as I'm saying, his it is what it is. They have it. Even if they even made skins based on Hatoshi Kondo, which I honestly, at this case, I think that they would, but it will be so out of place because his design is so, you know, eccentric to the anime world more than it is this real photorealistic version that they're making right now. I I don't know, man. I, I just I think they dropped the ball. I re- I, I, after I watched, after I looked at this figure and then went online to look at the other figures because they got Captain America, like they got Captain America figures. They have also Thor and a few others in the Marvel Universe. Magneto is Magneto and uh, Cyclops looks awesome. But I just looking at that and I, I, I but looked at that for a while and I looked at the trailer. And I'm like, they missed out on a great. This is Square Enix, for God's sake. They have some of the best art styles in the history of gaming. I, I credit them and I credit Capcom through all their years of uh, illustrations and such. Um, Bandai Namco is also with uh, Soul Calibur and all that. I mean, like, there's some really great art styles out there. And to not see any type of get a Square Enix game without the Square Enix feel... Dude, it, it, to me, it's just, I think they just dropped the ball on this. It, it, absolutely. So, but I mean, I mean, well, let's just say they dropped the ball from a standpoint of they could have given us these, these Square Enix flair with a Marvel product and they didn't. That's not saying that the game won't be great. It won't be good. I just think that, you know, you got Square Enix using it, doing it. Come on, give us what Square Enix does best, you know? That that's just my take on that. So, uh, last bit of news that I have is a anime that I want people to look out for. Got a notice from Funimation now. I, I have this subscription. It's a really great subscription. It's only five ninety nine a month. Some of the best things you could ever have if you're an anime fan. Very well reasonably priced. And there is an anime based on a weekly shonen magazine series about a fire brigade or firefighters that fights off a phenomenon called the spontaneous human combustion which is humans who turn into living flames called infernos this anime is in fact called fire force i saw this trailer and i was like oh this is something different i like what this is where this is going so 
this based on that series i mean you you have this, a group of firefighters fighting against like flame demonists that's called infernos there are different generations of infernos including one that uh ones who can manipulate flames without turning uh while still in human form the main character here is a character named shinra kusa kabi who is nicknamed the fire the devil's fire uh footprint due to his ability to ignite flames from his feet uh shinra joins a group of other flame users uh, known as the special fire force Co- company eight to extinguish evil infernos and find out the mysterious cause of the fire that killed his family all of this is very intriguing if you own funimation look go out of your way to look out for this i don't know if this is going to be in Crunchyroll either but i love what this looks it, it is to to the credit it is a fire fe- uh a firefighter anime yeah i mean at best it is it's not it just goes beyond the realm of firefighters in such a way that is awesome and i have somebody in my group nicholas billups on our acmg group who is aspiring to be a firefighter you know kudos to him and um everybody out there who works as a firefighter you know some of the most not easy (laughs) you know it's we need them we need them out there and uh it's i i get scared of everybody who actually ventures that because it's it's a very hard job to do uh but i did want to point out i'm like okay i hopefully it's not for the fact that you're thinking that you're going to be fighting half the demons they like fire high fire demons and such like that in this here because it's not the case but you know people got inspired by uh what is that people got inspired by uh dragon ball z a lot of people got inspired by dragon ball z uh ronda rousey i always say that a lot ronda rousey credits her training to goku so who's to say that this anime won't inspire you know firefighters like i just want to point out that you will not be able to use you know high level mixed martial arts or the use of fire uh manipulation of any kind so just want to point it out but go out anyway to check it out it's coming out soon it's coming out in july actually too not only that i want to give a shout out uh young justice just put out a notice that july 2nd they're going to be putting out their second season as well so go out of your way to look out for that if you another reason why to own the dc universe app as well pinning that rumor has it that they're going to be stopping the dc universe apps i don't know how true that is but we'll see i, I have i've only heard it from one source so i don't know how true that is i'm not even going to talk about it too much but folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg i'm going to take a break come back and talk about the final season of jessica jones how did this series end all of it we'll find out right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Do it. And now, it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! 
Alright folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week and this is my review of Jessica Jones Season 3. Not only just Season 3, but the final season to the series and the final season to the entire Netflix saga. This is it. There's nothing coming back after this, and which is really sad because they had a really great powerful run. The Punisher has been great. Luke Cage has been awesome. Uh, Jessica Jones, of course, the Peabody award-winning series has been fantastic. Uh, they had a great first season of this and, uh, you know, it was not without his bumps in the row. And I mean, Iron Fist season one, season two was a bit more redeeming, but it was too little too late because Netflix suddenly decided that they wanted to cancel out the Marvel series. And now we know why, because now they're looking to create a group of Dark Horse Comics series to do their own lineup and say that they can do it just as well. And with the Umbrella Project uh, Academy starting off really strong, I can't say that it, may, it wasn't a bad idea. But with that said, we're ending off a path of great series. Now, when it comes to Jessica Jones, the first season was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic from a standpoint of just gripping a gripping noir tell detective story um i loved it she had a great antagonist as well and and kilgrave played by david Tennant, you know to most folks doctor who if you will but he was he made a great absolutely fantastic antagonist in fact has probably voted one of the greatest marvel villains in the cinematic universe if you will probably up uh, i would say up there with uh, wilson fisk thanos um, you name it is he they're in the top like within the top 10 and it was just it's just really sad that it's going to end like this but I gotta say for this season it ended really well it ended on a great note it was I thought the season was absolutely fan, um, really fantastic and really got back on the swing of things because I mean like I said the first season was great because of David Tennant's performance as Kilgrave and you know aka the purple man and how do you follow up a strong antagonist like that? You have to come up. And I felt like season two wasn't as great as the, as the first season because it didn't have a really great gripping antagonist as it was. Now, granted, her mom was it, the mom storyline was OK, but it didn't it didn't pick up nowhere near as great as the first season. How was the third season going to gel and was the newest villain or villains going to live up to the potential and i don't think it it still didn't in a sense because kilgrave was just so damn good it was so convincing his performance alone like david Tennant's performance alone was just incredible but what this what this lacked an antagonist it gained in the storytelling and it, it, in fact, the third season, in my opinion, kind of made the second season more redeemable because of the storytelling. Everything everything just went full circle because we've had one. We had a storyline that consists of Gregory Selinger, who comic book fans, if you're really hardcore com Marvel comic book fan, you'll know this name. He is from the Mercs with Mouths, I believe Deadpool's, you know, uh, group of assassins or mercenaries and he's known as foot killer in the in marvel comics and here he is like which i believe there may be a, a comedic sense of humor version of him in the comics but in hindsight he's like meant to be a serial killer 
in this in this series and he does it really well he does some really sadistic things in here and all of this to antagonize jessica jones because he feels that she doesn't know what she wants to be or she she's a fraud if you will she wants she pretends not to want to be a superhero but she does and he goes all out to try and antagonize her in the worst way including going after some of her close and personal people in her life and and by the way this is going to spoil some things too so if you haven't seen the series yet and you're looking to see the series yeah and you don't want to be spoiled don't listen to this i'm just letting you know right now before i get too deep into things but this was really i thought this was really great because although gregory salinger played by jeremy bob and i thought he did a tremendously great job because if you look at him in hindsight if you just draw an inference of this guy he just looks like your normal everyday dude like a neighbor if you will in the neighborhood but this dude is just do not misconcept his ability to really come at you and kill you <laughs> because this guy was very convincing absolutely convincing and he played to that he played to his normality really well in this and this series and i loved what he did here and he really put jessica to the chest uh to, i mean to the test excuse me um i thought christian ritter did as great as always she played her role really well but a real big focus which people didn't realize after a while is not on much is not as much as uh the villain of you know the foot killer as much as it is trish her adopted sister her you know her foster sister if you will um or not her adopted sister but her sister because you know jessica is actually the foster child in this whole thing but trish who all through season one and season two have been wanting to be more than what she is and she you know she's a child actress growing up and she's trying to get into the world of entertainment a little bit more but she felt like she always wanted to do more she wanted to be as great as jessica she was always fascinated with what jessica has been doing throughout her life being a superhero or wanting to or trying to be a good person being a detective more or less than not a superhero and trish while jessica was you know not trying to be a superhero but it just happened trish wanted to be that superhero but couldn't because she didn't have the powers well if you remember in season two it led up to her wanting to do more and trying to do more but jessica was trying to stop her because she didn't want her to get hurt or whatever but the passion within trish was not happening rachel taylor if you will uh who always does a great job as this character and very convincing and i believe in the comics trish walker is hellcat i believe is the name of her character in the marvel comic universe and lo and behold she ended up during the process the same doctor who kind of you know did work on jessica's mother did work on trish as well which led to her getting these extra uh you know agile abilities to be able to do like parkour type of you know deals and everything and then also she could see in the dark so that was her uh power in here now there's a negative to this whole thing too as well but so i'll, I'll bring it up at the end but then you got you know trish finally figuring it out the also thing that that happened last season in the second season is that trish killed jessica's mom because she thought that she was doing the right thing in fact she was more irrational because you know 
unbeknownst to Trish, Jessica and her mom was starting to meet ties only to for Trish to shoot her square in the head just when they were making up. And she never knew that. And she and Jessica never forgave her for that leading up to the season. So they have that situation going on in the middle of all this. You have uh, Trish's mom, who also is in here. And uh, I believe, uh, I forgot her name, uh, Kat Walker, uh, Kate Walker. I forgot what her na- uh, actual name is in the series, but I'll get it. But she was also in here as well. And she they actually begin to have a better relationship with each other. Now, if you guys remember, Trish's mom would always, you know, she was very abusive. She was extremely abusive in the series. And she actually... They started making amends because they had finally talked about all the things that she would do to her during the process of her actually Dorothy Walker. That's what it is. So her, you know, Trish and Dorothy started making amends and, you know, Trish started letting her know all the things she was doing wrong. And Dorothy, to her respect, has been trying to make amends. And she's unbeknownst to her and Jessica, she's done that. But not with Trish and not with Jessica. She's done that with other people. And they, by the end of the series, they started realizing that, unfortunately, it was kind of too late because she, you know, Dorothy became the latest victim of Foot Killer. And that really, really turned things around on Trish. And it, it ended up, you know, it just went downhill for Trish's character. You know, there is the saying in Batman and at Dark Knight, you know, um, where is where does they actually say um, live long enough to be the hero, or, or no, uh, die a hero or live long enough to be the villain? And this is kind of what happened with Trish because lo and behold, of all the things that have happened, Foot Killer himself, uh, Gregory actually killed Dorothy in the worst way. I mean, killed her, like put her into pieces and wrapped her up in duct tape. To keep it uh, keep her together, it was brutal. It was very brutal, and it just drew it. It driven it drove Trish into what I call Frank Castle mode. So she became a villain to try to stop all everybody that was harming everybody else, and, and, and including uh, Gregory, who she was trying to get after. And it drove her to think that she was being a hero, but in fact she was becoming more of a villain by killing everybody and not stopping them. Whereas Jessica wants to kill all of these people, but she does not because she knows that there is a better way to handle things. And this, believe it or not, this led to Gregory not being the main villain. In fact, it became Trish being the main villain, which is a crazy twist and come full circle of the entire three seasons. It was, I, I really enjoyed how the storytelling of this came about. And I really loved it. In between all of this, you also have uh, Aka Deville playing Malcolm uh, DeKess, who I thought I didn't realize how much of a role he had in his show, but he is awesome in his show. He has evolved into such a well put together guy. He's became a, he became his own private eye as well, and I just love the way he he's grown for himself. And he now he's in the season in the third season he's now questioned himself. If you guys remember, in the second season he came to the point that he wanted to be a a better person a, a private eye like jessica he was inspired by her, he was trained by her and he wind up working with um of all people you know karen and moss who plays um haygarth and 
who also is one of my favorite characters. I mean, Trinity from Matrix. Karen Ann Moss is power. She is sexy. She is also just, oh, I can't tell you, man. She she makes, she does, she does it right. She always does it right. Well, he ends up working with her. And if you guys remember, Hagarth is not the most moralistic person in the world. And, you know, Jerry Hagarth plays she plays sometimes a good she she's like i think she's more nick fury than nick fury in some cases from a standpoint that she winds up she a lot of times winds up actually doing good but to do good she has to do a lot of bad in order to do good you know in a worse way and a lot of that is being manipulative uh, a lot of it is like just going against all moral fiber to do so and a lot of it is like a lot of times she's she's defended superheroes, but she's defended villains as well. In this case, she's defended Gregory Solinger. Even and that's what kind of put Malcolm in a, in his place because it's like he knows in fact that this dude has been killing and, uh, and really going after Jessica, but he's contractually binded to work with Hagarth and 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 that firm in a law firm to make sure that everything's going right so he's he's in the middle of this at the same time he's dating his he's dating this uh his girlfriend that just happens to work with the company and she's very dedicated to jerry she's like she is a fan she is like like one of jerry's biggest fans in here and she's looking to be every bit as good or bad as jerry in this case and it just it, it it wasn't like Malcolm wasn't trying to hear it. So regardless, so all of this comes in, and it's just been like really really crazy in here. There is also Eric uh, Gaiden or Gelden, who actually he is in the comic books as a character named Mindwave, uh, but in here he's playing uh, Eric Gelden, and he has his power actually is that whenever somebody's doing incredibly this is almost like he has a spider sense whenever somebody's doing incredibly evil he gets a huge migraine headache and the more evil that they are the bigger the headache is so he's kind of the lie detector for everybody like jessica's never drove driven to that way so he's always been good to them and they've always been attracted to each other um he's also you know has a sister who is a prostitute as well and he's trying to make sure she's safe and you know it's a whole thing with her and malcolm uh that they get into it but it's a just the stories in here are really great in here but you know he comes to find out that he's the one that ends up finding out that like trish is getting out of hand like he's getting very sick from being around her so he ends up he he not only ends up being attracted to Jessica Jones and they end up having a thing. They wind up, you know, working together to help solve the case of uh, Gregory Salinger, aka Foot Killer, and all the killings that he's doing here. So it, it's it's insane. This is really great. Um, Detective Eddie Costa is also back. John Ventmilgilla, um, I believe, is his name, and he's been in um, in this series since like the first season, I believe. What I didn't know about him is that he uh, he is actually gay. I mean, there's a lot of really great LGBTQ characters in here, and I didn't know that he was one of them. So, you know, part of his story is that he's trying to help. He's working with Jessica now. He's now more aligned with Jessica more than he was against her in the last few seasons. So they're working together. They got a, they've gained a mutual respect for each other. 
And along the way, he wants to help Jessica, but he also is trying to make sure that he's make time for his husband, who are both of them are trying to adopt a kid. So that's a situation here um, in his case. So they play along with this throughout the entire season. There's also a brand new character that is now working with Jessica as Jessica's new assistant and secretary, I guess. Uh, Anish Self, which plays Gillian. I actually like this character a lot. Um, she was a, she's a very sassy take, uh, you know, don't take crap from Jessica, but she's very understanding and very moralistic about everything that Jessica's doing. And she defends her mostly to the end. And actually she does, she's ride or die. Interesting story about her is that both the character and the real life actress is actually a transgender. And, uh, Anish Seth is from India. And that's a really interesting thing that, you know, she uh that she is transgender and she, uh, she's from that country um i know somewhat of that country does not take kindly to any of this type of culture or any of the people people of that culture so i'm sure there's a really great story behind this character but i love her character in this uh series i thought she was she fits very well and she was a great you know jump off to jessica jones and when it tough when it got really tough she almost gave up but she didn't give up on jessica and i like that i liked what i liked the direction that they went with her on air so i thought that was a great a really really good addition to it she almost plays like the conscience to jessica in some cases too in here so which end up replacing malcolm after the first season so um it, i thought that was really well done here and the other question here was and the question I've always I've asked from the get goes: Will we see any of the other defenders in this show, whether it was some, little, or all? And I am happy to say that we got redemption. We got we got we got closing. We got a closure, a little bit of closure here, in the form of Luke Cage, who actually did appear in the final season of the uh, show. And I was very happy to see, if not just for a little bit, it was awesome that we got to see um mike coulter reprise his role as luke cage just for a little bit they had this one segment where he comes she comes in he's just standing there right in front of the alias door dapper dan hooked him up once again he had this really fly only he could pull off yellow suit it was it wasn't like a yellow it was like a subtlety yellow it was really swag black shirt uh, matching with the damn tie you could tell this was a dapper dan original you gotta love it if you guys remember dapper dan is one of the best of all time you know uh you know clothing uh designers out there he he hooks you up he dresses you up makes you look tight and um man this dude look awesome and not only that it closed the door on what everybody was wondering because if you remember on luke cage at the end of the second season before they stupidly canceled it it looked like he, we didn't know what direction he was going. It looked like Luke Cage was like he was going to become the new kingpin or the new cottonmouth or whatever like that because he was taking over that club and everything. And it left us hanging. Left us on a huge cliffhanger. We didn't know what direction it was going. We heard from, if you watched, what was it? If you watched um, Cloak and Dagger, there was, if you remember, a few weeks ago, I made mention of this on um, about the episode of Cloak and Dagger where Tyrone was reading off a newspaper that was talking about how Luke Cage was still fighting off, you know, criminals and everything. So that was an indication that they still acknowledged him in a, in a deal. And this right here closed it for us. It absolutely closed it by showing him in here. And not only that, they were talking about 
you know, he was being the moral compass for Jessica on what to do because of his experience with Diamondback, his brother, who he had to, you know, defeat and send off to the raft. And he found out about what was going on with, uh, well, they were talking about what was going on with Trish and Jessica was talking about, you know, I have a situation where it's a close relative of mine who was actually, you know, doing some things wrong. And I, in, in the midst of whether I should try to stop her or not. And that's when, that's when, uh, you know, Luke actually told her about, you know, his fight with his, you know, his actual brother, Diamondback, who had to go to the raft. So that helped her a lot into what she had to do with Trish. And it was awesome. So that actually, in, in a lot of cases, that closed the door as to where Luke Cage's morals lies. Is it still, you know, in, in the good, even though he's kind of like upgraded himself? Or is still in the back. It looks like he's still on the side of good, which is awesome. And I really appreciated that. Really, I think of all the characters in the series, because in a sense, Daredevil, Daredevil closed, it was able to have closure. Iron Fist did not have closure. This series did have closure. And now Luke Cage kind of has closure as well, because it it was preempted in its uh, series. I think they could have had at least one more series to go, but it is what it is and the fact of seeing him i think it was very important to see mike coulter come back as luke cage in here as well so we got to see that and at the very end uh it's unfortunate because trish went definitely went too far even though jessica caught foot killer here it just wasn't enough for trish because you know you gotta understand she's in through i'm not justifying it but she dude she came into the house to her apartment and witnessed her mom sliced to pieces. A woman with an unstable superpower that she has not developed her ability in her mind like Jessica did. Yeah, she's going to go crazy. She's going to go batshit crazy. And it just wasn't enough that she caught him. She wanted him dead and she killed. She super killed this dude. And that led to, that was the last straw for Jessica to say, like, you killed, like, two to three people in your path. You, It's time for you to turn yourself in. And they end up, at the end, fighting. They had this battle, and it wound up that, you know, she did it. And, you know, she defeated her. But at the very end, when, uh, Acosta, when uh, Detective Acosta, you know, stopped, you know, went into the room to talk to her in the interrogation room, I guess, he wrote, he went down of all the crimes that she's committed and she actually at that very time is you know she went out and oh by the way i forgot to mention let me not forget to mention that along with this trish went after jerry hogarth to try to you know use her to get all of the criminals that she's you know that's her clients so she could kill it because she wanted to rid up she wanted to rid herself of all the deals instead jerry went off to try and actually put her on a plane and get her out of the, uh, of the country so she wouldn't have to you know be arrested and while people still don't know who's under the mask of you know the the killer of all these or the superhero that was supposedly working with uh, jessica jessica wind up going on tv and putting her on blast 
and acknowledging that that's her sister and that's everything so that really had that was a situation before they end up fighting so they wind up fighting jessica beats her and lo and behold again when detective uh eddie costa was in the interrogation room with her and letting her know all the crimes that she committed it was right there that trish realized that she's the bad guy and from there it just it went off jessica was about to like just after all of that what that would happen and she she sent uh show she watched her get taken away and apparently is going to the raft as well which is crazy because trish was like one of the guys at the beginning of the series and this whole thing to turn around it's awesome so you know she managed to do it she managed to get out of there and she was going to just go away to mexico and somehow some way we got a little wink wink moment as we saw what looked like to be Kilgrave's hand give her the the, the train ticket or whatever to go to Mexico and she and and, and the voice of um, David Tennant saying yeah you, you want to go ahead and run away that's what you want to do Jessica and it was like she was like you know what nope I'm staying I'm going to keep going and doing this so that was the ending of the series I thought it ended very well I thought this series brought everything full circle to the relationship of Trish and Jessica I, I think they I thought they did a really great job i underestimated um you know this character this foot killer character but i thought they did a great job i thought they did a tremendous job with him and uh jeremy bob his performance in this really made it really creepy really dark really sadistic for a guy who does not look like that and it's like don't underestimate anybody don't ever underestimate anybody in this case even the most normal looking dude can be the most dangerous guy so it was pretty I, I really enjoyed the show it may not have the biggest super villain in there but what they did the, it was all about the writing and the narrative in this thing and it, i thought the strengths in this of the season was the narrative was the storytelling was the character di- uh, direction all of that was done greatly here um this was a much better season than the second uh i still think the first one it's hard to beat the first one, but if you put it all together, I absolutely loved it. Here's the situation. Although this is a great season and a great final season, ended off on a great note, closed some doors, this is not a series for everybody. This is not going to be the comic book series for everybody. And there's going to be people who are going to say it's bad because it only because it's bad to them. Because And I here's the reason why. This is a great series, but it's not for everybody. And here's why. I say this because there are different types of comic books for everybody. I started off reading the Archies, reading Casper, before and reading Garfield before I ever evolved and graduated to like Spider-Mans and X-Men and all these other, you know, hardcore sophisticated, you know, forms of content in the comic book world. It doesn't mean that it's a bad series. There are some people, there are some comic book fans who has the brain set of the boom bam you know pow and that's fine they they're action-based fans they love a lot of action there is some in this other case that may also like a little bit more subtle sophisticated story driven you know storytelling and because it's related to marvel a lot of people are often gonna have the misconception that this needs to be a little bit more action-based this doesn't have to be action-based the great part about the marvel cinematic universe is that 
it's diverse. It has a lot of diversity. There is, you have your action-based stuff. You got your comedy stuff. You got your drama stuff. You have stuff for the kids. You got stuff for teens. In the form, in in, a, in the essence of freeform. Not everything is going to be for everybody. That does not mean Jessica Jones is not a bad series. It is, in fact, a phenomenal series. It's just that some people don't have the mind capacity or mindset to be able to handle the narrative story driven character driven series because all they're waiting for is the powers to come out the for them to throw cars everywhere and all that stuff they're waiting for that this was not it this was subtlety this was about storytelling this was about character direction and if you're into that type of thing there's there's and this is always a debate with comic book fans too when it goes to comic books you rather have fans who love the art only and doesn't really focus on the writing you got fans that are only focused on the writing and doesn't care what the art looks like you know i'm in between that in some cases because as an artist i do love great artwork but i do like some good storylines too and i've actually i was more i was that person who was all about the art who wanted to see the powers go who wanted to see the action and all that stuff but i kind of grown to evolve and, and assimilate to both appreciations of things so i am a great fan of the writing as well and the character direction as well nowadays as much as i am with the art if you got the best of both worlds it's awesome i absolutely do in this case this is a very story heavy story driven heavy character direction they do show them doing abilities not as much as i would like per se like i would rather i would much like it was like with the x-men when magneto shows that he has magnetism i would at least want to see some waves some invisible waves of something that shows that he is levitating an object it's kind of like that with here they used a lot of parkour a lot of smoke and mirrors and such to do some of the things that they do like when jessica flies it's hilarious to see her hop up and then she's on the roof i i just love what i love about this series is that when they do stuff like that it reminds me of the old school way that they produce i could give an example the six million dollar man and the bionic woman that's the way that they filmed this that's the way that it reminds me of so when she does some powerful when she uses her power or anything they they don't use cgi they use very subtle tricks of filming to do to make it seem like it appear that she's doing these things that's both kind of good and bad in a sense because it's good because it's you know using your brain to try to come up with really clever ways to do that it's bad because like i in a sense i do want to see her do a little bit more and some of the action scenes a bit a little bit more to it but i get it you know we, we, they lack an action they did do in very good character driven stuff so if you you know a lot of times there are people i had to talk about this with a friend of mine just uh recently like i just on more few hours prior to this show it's not for everybody and that's okay you just because you're a marvel comic book fan you're not going to like every marvel comic there's not a, there are some people who enjoy thor the first two thors there are people who did not because it's thor and the normal thor narrative is that it's kind of slow dramatic a little over dramatic and you know shakespearean if you will to some cases it doesn't go off the way but thor ragnarok was a little bit more open to everybody and we saw we got to see throughout all the avengers films that you know based because of the character direction and him being around the earthlings or the midgard you know people for so long that 
he wound up assimilating their personalities and their characteristics. So it was, you know, it was great to see. But here, Jessica Jones, I think is, is, you know, if you put all three together, it's a great series. But again, it's not for everybody and that's okay. If you don't like it because it doesn't have enough action, there's other ones to watch. If you don't, if you do like it because of the character story and everything, then this is for you. And I think this is, this has a fan base for those who like that type of fan base. I mean, there's some comic books out there right now that people aren't into. They're like indie comics out there that people aren't into because it's just so far off from the main, you know, two if three, if three, even like DC, Marvel and Image, you know, there it's just they're always been dark horse comics we just mentioned that they always had some comics that people weren't into because it didn't have the main characters and it didn't do the same fundamentals that everybody was liking and some action scenes and everything but that's okay doesn't mean it's a bad comic it's just not for you and this is the same way so if i give this a grade if i give this an actual grade i give this a like a minus this gets like for me i really enjoyed it because it went full circle it did everything and you know they gave us some things that we love. They answered some questions that we might have had in the other seasons and other shows. So I think an A- would have been good. And I, the only reason why I give it an A- is because I would have loved to see a, it's a tiny bit more action, but also a tiny bit more of Jessica being able to do some things that she could do. But otherwise, it doesn't take anything away from the full story of things and everything. I was glued to the TV the entire day watching, binging and watching this whole thing. So... I get to a plus, it gets a minus for me on that note. But um, for the full series, the full series gets a B plus because of the second season. It wasn't as good. I think the second season was kind of the weakest of the bunch. So in that case, I give it a, a whole entire series a B plus. But you know, you had one phenomenal season, you had one okay season, then you had another comeback season that was just like, okay, this came back full circle. It was great, and it actually kind of helped to develop the second season a little bit more. Made sense of it. So. And the storylines, the storylines stay consistent. The story and the character stay consistent. That's why I love about that. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. Uh, congratulations to Kristen Ritter, who is ha- uh, expecting very soon, if not already. But uh, she's doing her thing. I look forward to seeing what all of these guys are doing next. And man, hopefully we get to see these guys again someday. Because uh, just all of them, the entire Defenders did great. I will miss that series, but if you own Netflix, you will always be able to see all of those episodes and all of those shows again at your convenience because they still own the rights to those series there. It's theirs to own, so they can watch them at any time. So stick with this to that. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG uh, Presents Talk Time Live. Thank you guys very much. Just to let you know, next week, I am going away, so there will be no show. There may be a select start this week because I did get Cadence of Hyrule. And, of course, Shang Tsung is coming to uh, Mortal Kombat, so we get to check him out as well, amongst other gamings, the aftermath of E3 and all that much. So, it's probably going to be plenty of actual uh, gaming news to talk about this week. So, expect a possible, it could be possibly out, don't, but expect an actual select start this week. But as far as the Prime show, I will be away, I will be back next week the prior uh, prior to that week so stay tuned for all that and much more folks thank you so very much keep following us uh you can follow me on instagram at dex xavier josiah i always gotta keep uh, remembering to do that um at dex xavier josiah you can check me out there and you could also follow this show on talktimelive.com you can check out our exclusives at talktimelive.com forward slash exclusives or just go to the exclusive page of talktimelive.com you can also follow us and subscribe to us on itunes iheartradio stitcher google play podbean 
and probably much more than that. But there's all the main primary places you can check us out from there. So thank you guys so very much. And I hope you have a great weekend. Again, happy Father's Day to all of the great fathers, the true superheroes uh, of the uh, of the parenthood. Well, uh, that along the mom and the pop. Let me st- let me not get into that situation. But happy Father's Day, because I mean, the mothers get a lot of praise, but the fa- the good fathers out there really doesn't get enough. And we need, we definitely definitely need a lot more of them out there. So, kudos to all of you, ladies and gentlemen. That will do it on behalf of myself. This is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, "Learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games." This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.